Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I deem necessary, as I just kind of exist with this game. Now, first off, I do want to apologize if I sound exhausted. It is because I am. I've been putting in a lot of hours at work, mostly because our line got swamped, our company's trying to move as many products as possible before the end of the year, and we shut down after the 23rd, 22nd, so I'm working six days a week until the end of the year, essentially, or until we shut down. Unfortunately, that does mean that Andy is exhausted. He's going to have one day off for the next couple of weeks, and that's going to take a toll. But, on the bright side, it means a whole big old chunk of overtime. Which means, you know, I'll have some money to work with. Uh, that said... Uh, Magic kind of has taken a backseat for a little bit, but I did want to talk about uh, something I've had going on this year, and that is our Commander League. So, starting with Nuka Penna, me and three friends each opened a box of Nuka Penna and built a deck out of it. So, I guess this would be similar to what uh, was going around last year or the year before with the Commander Boxing Leagues. And then we kind of made our own little point system and stuff like that. And then every, after every month, which would be four games, we got to pick any standard legal set from when we started our league, which went all the way back to Zendikar Rising. And we added six packs from those sets. So by the end, we had these interesting cobbled together versions of commander decks uh some of which i'd put on par with like a decent deck uh yeah so i ended up building evelyn the covetous for most of the league uh, mostly because i had most of the vampires from nuka penna in my pool and I could build onto that because the next two that I opened were Midnight Hunt and then Crimson Vow, which just packed as many vampires in as I could. And it wasn't until Dominaria United came out that I actually built a second deck, uh, which was Wrath Weatherlight Stalwart. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I may not have won our league. But I did okay. So we are thinking about doing it again next year, but we do want to try and get a few more people into it. And we're looking at different ways to do the points. And yeah, it's just a... Uh, I don't know. We had a good time with it. And I know the... Uh, Guardian Project is going to be starting a patron league. 
and I don't know any of the details about that yet, but I do plan on joining that. Hopefully it falls on days when I'm not, you know, super busy and stuff. But yeah, that's kind of what I've had been going on and what will be going on for the next several weeks. And if I do miss an episode, it's because I'm essentially going to be either recording this very, very late Saturday nights so that I can get it up Sunday morning, or I'm going to be recording it Sunday morning so I can get it up in Sunday afternoon. Uh, so yeah, good times. Good times had by all. Uh, that said, I will kick this one off to the midsection, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about a deck. And it may not be a deck that you were thinking I was going to talk about, but I'll be right back. I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast... You can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks, but that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And we're back. Now, I could talk about the decks that I'm going to build out of the two commanders that I had for my Commander League, but I don't have those lists finalized yet, or what I'm actually going to do with them, but it did lead me into building another vampire. Edgar. Not Edgar Markov. Edgar Charmed Groom. See, I had an Edgar Markov deck for a very long time, and it kind of fell into something I've noticed as a content creator. I don't want to play decks that are immediately going to turn people off of the game. So that deck got taken apart several months ago, actually. But I kept a bunch of the white-black and red-black pieces kind of separated. So now the red-black pieces can go towards Evelyn, and the white-black and black pieces that are a little more on the expensive side can go into Edgar. So Edgar Charm Groom is a 4-4 vampire noble for 2, a white, and a black. He says that other vampires you control get plus 1, plus 1, and when he dies, return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. It transforms into Edgar Markov's Coffin. It's a legendary artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, you create a 1-1 white and black vampire creature token with lifelink, and you put a bloodline counter on Edgar Markov's Coffin. Then, if there are three or more bloodline counters on it, remove those counters and transform it back into Edgar Charmed Groom. Now, I noticed with this deck more so than with Evelyn that I wanted to put some of the heavier hitters in here because Evelyn really cares about vampires entering so that's where a lot of the cheaper vampires are going to go so I wanted stuff like uh, Drana, Liberator of Malakir in this deck she's a 2-3 vampire ally for 1 black black 
She has flying, first strike, and whenever drawn a liberator of Malakir deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one plus one counter on each attacking creature you control. Because I realized early in brewing this deck that this deck really wanted to be an aggressive style deck. Uh, following that up, we have Miri the Cursed. She is a 2-3 vampire cat for 2 black black. Flying, first strike, and haste. And whenever Miri the Cursed deals combat damage to a creature, you put a plus one plus one counter on Miri the Cursed. Uh, next up, we have the Bloodline Keeper. It's 2 black black for a 3-3 three, three vampire. It has flying. You can tap it to put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token with flying into play. And for a black, you can transform Bloodline Keeper. Activate this ability only if you control 5 or more vampires. He transforms into Lord of Lineage. He is a 5-5 five, five vampire with flying. Other vampires you control get plus 2, plus 2. And you can tap him to put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So... Uh, really want to talk about the like heavy mana cost and then i'll get into some of the more well less mana costs uh so let's start with sanctum seeker which is a two black black three four vampire knight whenever a vampire you control attacks each opponent loses one life and you gain one life drana the last blood chief uh three black black for a four four vampire cleric has flying, and whenever Drawn of the Last Blood Chief attacks, if any player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard, you return that card to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. The creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. Alenda the Dusk Rose. Two white black for a 1-1 one, one vampire knight with lifelink. Whenever another creature dies, you put a plus one plus one counter on Alenda the Dusk Rose. And when Alenda dies, create X 1-1 one, one white vampire creature tokens with lifelink, where X is Alenda's power. Patron of the Vein is 4 black black for a 4-4 vampire shaman with flying. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent's control. And whenever a creature and opponent controls dies, you exile it and put a plus one plus one counter on each vampire you control. Uh, and then to round it out, we have three more of these like heavy hitting higher mana cost vampires. The first one being Vona, Butcher of Magan, or... Megan, I'm not sure. Uh, it's three white black for a 4-4 vampire knight with vigilance and lifelink. You can tap it and pay seven life to destroy target non-land permanent. Activate this ability only during your turn. So, uh, fun point. Uh, since that just says only during your turn, that does not mean at sorcery speed. You can do that mid-combat. Uh, Bloodlord of... Vosgoth is 3 black black for a 3-3 vampire warrior with bloodthirst 3. Uh, and it has flying, and whenever you cast a vampire creature spell, it gains bloodthirst 3. That means if somebody was dealt damage this turn, specifically an opponent was dealt damage this turn, they enter with 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters. And then kind of the, the big mama of expensive vampires is Necropolis Regent. It's 3 black 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 for a 6-5 vampire. She has flying, and whenever your creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put that many plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Alright, so now let's just get into the, uh, the good stuff. 
just the the good things you get when you can run a deck like this and first up is arguably one of the all-time favorite vampire cards which is vampire nighthawk one black black for a two three vampire shaman with flying death touch and lifelink uh, we have etchings of the chosen which is one a white and a black for an enchantment as it enters the battlefield choose a creature type Creatures of the chosen type get plus one plus one, and you can pay one and sacrifice a creature of the chosen type. Target creature you control gains indestructible till end of turn. Then we have our Legion Lieutenant, a white and a black for a 2-2 Vampire Knight. Other vampires you control get plus one plus one. Metallic Mimic. It's a two mana for a 2-1 Shapeshifter. As it enters, you choose a creature type. Metallic Mimic is the chosen type in addition to its other types, and... Each other creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. We've got Mavern Fane, Dusk Apostle, two and a white for a 2-2 Vampire Cleric. Whenever one or more uh, non-token vampires you control attacks, you make a 1-1 white vampire creature token with lifelink. Unfortunately, uh, it does say one or more, but you know, more vampires. Uh, Adaptive Automaton is a 3-mana 2-2 Construct. It enters, uh, you choose a creature type. It is the chosen creature type. And other creatures you control of the chosen type get plus 1, plus 1. And then, I guess I'll just round this out with... A card from Brothers War. In the Trenches is 1, white, white... For an enchantment that says creatures you control get plus one plus one. So that's a glorious anthem right there. But for five and a white, exile target non-land permanent you don't control until in the trenches leaves the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery and only once. So it's a nice little bit of utility. And yeah, so we're just going to play vampires, pump them up and swing. What more can I ask for? Not sure when I'll get a chance to play the deck that I have built. But that's... That's kind of it. I hope everyone here has a wonderful day. And I will see you next time. And hopefully I'm not super exhausted by then. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo, and I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.